In the 23 points already enumerated, we have shown the identity of the clergy with the sons of Balaam in the Apostles' days. But, in order that the anti-Christian character of the clerical orders of all sects may be complete, we shall also enumerate the points, the principal ones at least, in which the clergy of our times and the apostles and their co-labourers are opposed. 1. The apostles preached the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the aeons to their glory. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7 The clergy know nothing of this. 2. When the apostles preached, they declared the testimony of God contained in the writings of Moses and the prophets and their own personal testimony to the resurrection of Jesus, together with the revelation of the mystery made known to them by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1, Romans 16 verses 25 and 26, and Ephesians 3 verses 5 and 9. This is all Sanskrit to the clergy. They cannot attain to it. 3. The apostles not only showed what was testified in Moses and the prophets, but they reasoned upon it for its exposition, that the people might understand and believe it, and they commended them for not taking what they heard for granted, but searching the scriptures daily to see if what they said were true, that their hearers' faith might rest on the written testimony of God. Acts 17 verses 2, 11 and 12, and 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5. The clergy have no taste for such a procedure. Reasoning on things religious is with them a step towards infidelity. The less reasoning, the blinder or more implicit the faith, and consequently the more passively obedient to clerical dictation and rule. In their system, ignorance is the mother of devotion, so that in their flocks the most stupid are the most humble and devout. 4. The apostles proclaimed the return of the Lord Jesus to the Holy Land in power to replant the twelve tribes of Israel therein, to unite them into one nation, to re-establish the kingdom and throne of David, having raised the dead and changed the living saints to place them over Israel and the nations as God's kings and priests, to instruct and rule them according to his appointments, to give the world a righteous administration through them and in a multitude of details to bless them in Abraham and his seed, as promised in the Gospel. Luke 1 verses 31 to 33, 52 to 55 and 68 to 75, Matthew 16 verse 27, 19 verse 28 and 25 verses 31 and 34, Luke 14 verse 14, Acts 18 verse 31, Acts 15 verse 16, 
Revelation 2 verse 26, 5 verse 10, and 20 verse 6. All this is treated as fabulous by the house of Jezebel. 5. The apostles preached the gospel of the kingdom for the obedience of faith. Acts 20 verses 24 and 25 and Romans 16 verse 26. They preached the same gospel Jesus proclaimed before his crucifixion. Matthew 24 verse 14. And the same that was preached to Abraham and his posterity in Egypt and the wilderness. Hebrews 3 verse 17 and 4 verse 2. Exodus 6 verses 6 to 8 and 23 verses 20 to 33. Genesis 12 verses 1 to 3 and Galatians 3 verses 7, 8, and 9. All this to the clergy is as a story to a deaf man. 6. The apostles taught that without faith it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 verse 6. This the clergy in works deny, when they give sinners in the gripe of the king of terrors, ignorant and therefore necessarily faithless, of the first principles of the oracles of God, but professing to be penitent, absolution, and what they term consolations of religion, as if the doctrine of Christ had any consolation for villains whose existence has been a life of crime, and whose only repentance is sorrow at the stoppage of their career by conviction and retribution. By works, the clergy deny the indispensability of faith. When they rantize the face of a puling babe for the regeneration of its immortal soul. Surely, if Balaam's ass were here, and a clergyman should bestride him on such a mission, the intelligent creature would break silence again, and with the voice of a man rebuke the madness of the seer. 7. The apostles taught that without resurrection, there is no future life. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 12 to 19. The clergy deny this in teaching that souls live in heaven and hell before it, if it ever occur, which some of them deny. 8. The apostles taught that the obedient to the faith are sanctified by the Abrahamic covenant dedicated by the offering of the body of Jesus. Hebrews 10 verses 9 and 10. Clerical sanctification knows nothing of this. The clergy profess to be sanctified, but of sanctification in relation to a covenant made nearly 4,000 years ago and confirmed by the crucifixion, their ignorance and unbelief of the things covenanted prove that they know nothing. 9. Jesus and the apostles taught that the inheritance of the saints is the earth, the world, and all things pertaining to them, with eternal life and glory, and to be possessed in the day of the Lord Jesus after the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 3 verses 21 to 23. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 12 and 1 Peter 5 verse 10. The clergy teach that the saints' everlasting rest 
is beyond the skies. 10. The apostles taught men to believe the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, and thereupon to be immersed in that name for remission of sins. And they did it. Acts 8 verse 12 and 2 verse 38. But the clergy ignore all this and say, Believe and be saved, and to babes, be saved without belief. Hence, they teach two salvations. The one, salvation by faith. The other, salvation without it. By faith of what? That Jesus died for you. This, and a penitentiary sorrow, will atone for a life of crime, and swing a soul from the gibbet into supernal and eternal glory. O Balaam, what wilt thou not teach for hire? 11. The apostles taught that Jesus was of the same flesh as the sons of Adam, having all the faculties and emotions common to them, and that when he was crucified, sin was condemned in that flesh. Romans 8 verse 3, 1 Peter 2 verse 24, and Hebrews 2 verses 14, 16 and 17. Balaam denies this. He taught in the lifetime of the apostles, and maintains it in our day, that the nature called Jesus was not similar to that of Adam after the fall, but like a different flesh, such as they suppose he had before he fell, essentially a self-sustaining, incorruptible and immortal flesh, and that the body born of Mary was not derived from her substance, but the result of a fresh act of creation. This is denying that Christ came in flesh a clerical heresy which destroys the apostolic doctrine of the condemnation of sin in our flesh and abolishes Jesus, the crucified, a covering for sin. 12. The apostles taught that death had been cancelled and immortality, that is, deathlessness, or life, and incorruptibility, brought to light by Jesus Christ in the gospel of the kingdom, that the writing of death against the saints had been crossed or blotted out, and incorruptibility of body and life for them procured by his resurrection as the earnest of theirs. Second Timothy 1 verse 10. But Balaam and Jezebel Ignore this. They teach the philosophy of their heathen forefathers concerning immortality, and by their tonguey deeds deny that immortality is for those who believe the promises of God covenanted to the fathers and yield obedience to the law of faith. Balaam's clerical posterity are the children of disobedience and totally opposed to all such doctrine as this.
13. The world is today precisely what it was in the days of the apostles. Woe to the world, saith Jesus, because of offences. The world, he continues, hates me. And then says to the apostles, Because ye are not of the world, the world hates you. In the world, therefore, ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And again he saith, I pray not for the world. Their Lord, having commanded them to go forth and preach the gospel of the kingdom, left them. They soon after found that the persecution visited upon him came upon them, as he had predicted, saying, If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So that it became a rule experimentally verified that wherever and by whomsoever the doctrine of Jesus Christ is believed and advocated, it is opposed and its faithful adherents are reproached. This was Paul's experience, who says of the apostles, We are made a spectacle for the world, even to angels and to men. Unto this present hour we hunger and thirst, are naked and buffeted, and have no certain dwelling place, and labour, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world, the offscouring of all things unto this day. Since that day, the policy, but not the disposition of the world, is changed in relation to the truth. This has been prevailed against for a time, even until Christ shall come to punish the world for its iniquity. The world hates the truth and its advocates and friends to this day, as every one who is of the truth knows by experience, and because all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, whose the truth is. Now who does not know that it is the world in whom the clergy live and move and have their daily bread? Is it not the lust of the eyes and the pride of life that build their temples? Is it not the pride of life that rents their pews and fills them with flowery cones of purple and fine linen? Is it not the lust of itching ears that heaps to themselves pulpit fabulists, who rebuke sins afar off they have no mind for, and wink at, or cannot see, the pious wickedness that festers within their doors. The clergy are paid, and fed, and clothed, and honoured by the world. The world invites them to its feasts, makes them priests and chaplains to its fleets and armies, and public institutions. It makes them princes in lawn and rulers in the state. These are evidences of its love for the clergy. 
and it has ever been that the world loves its own. And they who, like Balaam, love the wages of unrighteousness, it will surfeit with favours and rewards. It is manifest, then, that the apostles and the clergy, who presumptuously style themselves their successors and the ambassadors of Christ to the world, occupy diametrically opposite relations to that world. The world is the enemy to the apostles and their doctrine, while it is the friend and patron of the clergy. This irrefutable truth is fatal to all their pretensions. The friendship of the world, says James, is enmity of God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Therefore, another apostle saith, Love not the world, neither the things in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him.